0: to episode 46 of the podpunk podcast where this time i am honored to be joined by two members of currently my favorite band in all the world it's jack and eddie from the exciting unique and all round amazing kid Kapichi. uh jack and eddie come on the show to discuss all things kid Kapichi. getting back on the road their brand new album here's what you could have won which is available to pre-order today from kid uh, the successes and difficulties of being in a band their favorite times so far and loads loads more literally f- since the very first time i ever heard this band i knew they were going to become huge they are certainly on that trajectory so make sure you follow them all over their social medias it's just simply at kid Capici on twitter instagram and facebook because they are on tour with the incredible the hunter in september as well as an in-store signings and much more for their album launch which is coming out this month so check that out also available over there on kidcapichi.com and on their social medias but before we get to the chat with jack and eddie here's the incredible song by kid Kapichi featuring yet another incredible band as well bob villain it's their blockbuster track new england enjoy the chat with the guys and i'll catch you after
1: Welcome to the new world, the new England Come witness the greatness of Britain Driving around in a German car stop for lunch in a sushi bar Get my news from the Daily Star Get my kids from the tits and asses. Never mind about social classes I'll cast my vote regardless Easy, you can't change All that you want, change Easy, you can't change All that you want, change Welcome to the new New England All heroes No villains Double deck of us And Ebola. Bob the Builder Postman Park Social change No one other- strange, you've gone insane. Too many idiots breathing up the air. Huffing and puffing like they just run up the stairs. Fighting and cussing like they haven't got a care, but they care about everything that happens over here. Not over there, they couldn't give a toss. If it's a brown country, they steal all the crops. blow it to smithereens and let the bombs drop. Then they cry about the borders when they try and come across. So gosh, I think this place is going nutty. Too much spiceless, British bacon bodies. And worry about your neighbours and worry about the druggies And not the eating graduate that's taking all your money Hmm, it seems you're taking a piss Not blaming the brown fella It's hard to resist you with the thought that the nation Is smarter than this, but I've got a couple questions Please answer me this Is it you can't change?
2: We're not going to swear, but what's the swearing situation?
0: If you do it, you do it. I don't mind. But, yeah. I probably will as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Eddie and Jack from uh, Kid Capici, how are you guys doing? We Very, are good.
3: Yeah, really really well, thanks ma'am. Just finished um 3 days of pre-production for the new album, uh, getting everything ready for the live live show. So yeah, we're sweaty and tired but accomplished basically. Very accomplished, that's the exact word.
0: Yeah, definitely there's a lot going on with you guys at the moment. I've noticed you're uh, pretty much like just busy 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 all the time. What's um what's on the schedule? So far? Cause I know there's an album coming out, tour coming up as well. Um, yeah, we're
2: we just uh we just getting ready for Reading and Leeds, which is at the end of August, Um, so we're just getting ready for that, and then we've got our album release on the 23rd of September, we're doing our biggest headline show, which is at the Delaware in Bexhill, which is basically Um, Hastings, yeah, 23rd of September, that's going to be our album release show, that's going to be a banger, and then we're going to do a load of in-store things in like vinyl record shops and stuff like that. Then we're on tour with the Hunter. yeah. Uh, and then it'll be Christmas, and we can just chill out for a bit. Well, I say chill out, but never really get to chill out. And then we'll be off on tour again at the beginning of the next year.
0: So it's just that- gone from strength to strength, haven't you, really? Yeah, it's uh,
2: it's it's hard, but it's also like touring is the is kind of like you know when you spend an hour prepping a meal and then you get you you consume it in five minutes. It's like that's the bit <laughs> that's touring, you know, and all yeah. the other stuff so it's uh it's that's the payoff and that's the bit that we love when you get to see everyone's faces and enjoy it
0: yeah so so like you guys since I discovered you guys um around the uh, end of pandemic i think it was uh when new england came out and then suddenly it was just like i found out there's this whole like back catalog and stuff and but since then it just seems like you were like at one point in my head you were like this Lovely little gem that I'd found that I'd introduced to all my friends and be like, "Look, I've cool, found this cool band." And then next thing I know, like you're just everywhere, you're blowing up. Like there's a million views on, like, YouTube's and Twitters and sorry on um like Spotify and all that sort of stuff. Like, how's that been for you guys? Like, just that build. I mean,
3: the one thing we always say, I think we over exaggerate a bit, but it takes like seven years to build an overnight success. You know what I mean, so it's like it did. It may seem like it's just popped up out of nowhere, but it's been like a long time coming. And yeah. Um, well we had to release the debut during the pandemic we were kind of restricted as to what we could do so it made us that we were kept as a little hidden gem up until now and now we're ready in full force to sort of take over If you yeah we
2: were like building up a, a like a a small but solid fan base during that time you know and uh once you have that have like a few thousand people who are like really committed to the cause you can do anything and uh then, you know, we got everything ready and, like, lined up our dominoes, as we say, and then New England was kind of that first domino that we just pushed, and then it's just carried on from there. So, a lot of, like, uh, pre-empting and thinking about everything to make sure we, we get it right for this, for everything we're doing now. So, I'm glad that it's come across like that. Yeah, nice That's exactly to hear that. how we
0: wanted it to go. Awesome, awesome. Because like, so, what, what's the origins of uh, Kid kapich then? So, for anyone that may not know your backstory, where where does how did the band get together, or how, how how was your guys? Because I know you, I, I read online that you guys uh, pretty much played with each other for like loads of different in loads of different bands for like a while. But how did this particular project come and how did that we all,
2: all We are all from Hastings. Um, me, Eddie, and George went to school together. Uh, ben was in the same year as me at a different school, and we. I was just hanging out with Ben. He was like a good musician. There's not really much to do in Hastings other than... Well, it's, it's better now, but there wasn't much to do other than play music. Um, so you kind of gravitate towards each other. And we all had our own little things that we were doing, um, but we'd always just clicked when we, when we played music with each other. And um, we started writing music together, and it just it just we just loved it. And it was um, just kind of went there, really. quite It was quite organic. We've been doing it for a long time, but I guess we haven't really we never really thought it was something that we would be able to make a living out of or do seriously until like maybe the last few years. And that's when we've really, really like put the boosters on and, and given it everything we've got. Cause but, like, sorry, go. On. No, go sorry, you go. <laughs> yeah,
0: cause no, cause I, I, I'm always interested in like how bands get formed and stuff and why they stick together. Cause like wh- at what point do you like, you, cause like, I've been in a few bands where it's, I've kind of like done stuff uh, for like two or three months with them and then gone, Saint working and stuff. Like, what has it been about Kid Capici from that, especially in that early days where you're like, got something here. Like, this is worth my, it. Like,
2: like I, I never really have, I've like chosen not to do anything else. It's like, for me, I know how lucky I am because I speak to people all the time who are like, oh, you know, I'm looking for a new drummer, looking for this, not working out with this person, that or the other. It's kind of like I just like met my wife in school and, <laughs> it, and we've just like hit it off. And, and funny, for me, it was like... yeah.
3: They, the funny thing was I joined the band a little bit late and they were the band I always wanted to be in. So they right. were like the band. Shit, we were shit then as well. No, nah, they weren't. They were sick. <laughs> they were like the one band you go and watch and it wouldn't just be like your standard covers band or like an originals band that sounds like everyone else. Like there was a vibe. And um it was something I always wanted to be involved with and then just pure fluke. And it sort of ended up going that way. I think the reason why we stuck together so long is A, we've learned to live with each other. We're closest mates you can have. And we've been through everything from best to worst times yeah. and also we all just genuinely love the band like i think self-belief is important like i think the bands that don't make it are the bands that like give up yeah you know what i mean like that's you just true. gotta keep going um and yeah that's what drives us really we just we fucking love it man that's yeah. it we love each other we love the music
0: yeah there's one thing you put you touched on then uh eddie i thought was absolutely accurate with you guys is that you you do definitely have a vibe and a, like a uniqueness that I've not heard for, for like forever. Like you, you can always listen to a band and go, um, they like this band or this band or this label or this. You know what I mean? Like there's that. Whereas with you, I can never, no matter what song you've released, I can't pick anything like that. Are you guys like? Do you have like really eclectic uh, like record collections and stuff like that? Do you like loads of different stuff? What What do you think?
3: We have a very wide taste in music, and I think. Fortunately, we all have quite a good taste in music, I would say. like, And it ranges from anything from, like, mm. avant-garde jazz with G-Mac to, like, the old-school Clash and all the real hits with Jack. And then, like, me and Ben weaving between, even, like, bunching on stuff like drum and bass. Like, there's no... We don't ever look at a band and go, oh, well, we want to sound like them. It's, yeah. like, the four yeah. mixes that we've loved. But I would say, like, it's not just our influences in music, it's our influences in life. It's, like, things that we come across and, like things that are happening around us that sort of sculpt the sound. It's mm-hmm. like people we've met. Places so it's,
2: we've been. Like a, it's like a four-way Venn diagram and like what meets in the middle is what makes Capici. It's definitely different. But I think what Eddie said there is super true. It's, it's I guess it's less about the musical crossover, but more like our lives and, and how living in Hastings and like living around the people we live around and our families, similar backgrounds and everything is kind of, that is what makes the music more than like bands that we agree on. Um, yeah, I agree with Eddie there, big time. Good,
0: good one. <laughs> it's also, from like a, a, a lyrical standpoint, like you guys really like. I, and I've, I was saying this to um, your manager before when we were talking. There is like this thing now with bands, especially involved in with punk or with punk sort of bands, where they sort of now go. It's it's more uh, a lot more people are actually being very. Um, they're pinpointing their what they want to say more. Do you know what, what I mean? Being, in the lyrics and stuff. Yeah, Sorry. they're
2: being, they're completely direct um, rather yeah. than like one beating around the bush.
0: Exactly. And you guys are doing it. I, um, obviously, through your song, I got became more aware of Bob Villain and I think he says it more than anyone else. I think he's probably the most direct person I've ever heard in music doing this sort of stuff. But is, is, is that kind of thing like a, a conscious thing with you guys where you want to put that into songs and let people know what you're personally about as well
2: yeah definitely i think like one of our biggest selling points and you know what makes people like us is that we're relatable and we're talking about you know we're not faking it you can tell a faker a mile off like we're living it and like you know we all come from like like humble beginnings and you know we've we've worked hard and we've and we've lived around people that have it even worse than us you know so um it's, it's for me when I'm writing lyrics. It's it's the most important thing. It's the thing I care most about. Mm. Um So people to bring that up and be like, you know, your lyrics really spoke to me, or like I've like you know it, it means a lot to them, or I feel the same. Like the best thing is when someone says to you, like like if you're reading a book and you read a sentence that's like says something you've always felt but you've never had the articulation to like say it mm-hmm. and I think sometimes I hope this doesn't sound too big-headed that our some of the lyrics in our songs like do that for people and some people it makes people thinking about things in a different way or it makes people go fucking hell that's exactly how I've felt for a, for a long time and I haven't been able to find a way to say that um, yeah. so that, like, the lyrics to me is so important and, and I think at the moment there are so many bands like doing that and i like to think like we were doing it we've been doing it for a long time like you know just kind of saying it how it is to us and whether you like it or not that's how it is but it's definitely becoming more common like for us to be on like primetime radio one is saying something about what's going on in the world right now that that music is becoming popular like for radio one to play a band like us is is you wouldn't have think that would happen and it's becoming more and more like that you've seen other bands bands like yard Act, like loads of these bands that are just kind of saying it how it is and it's it's a really good thing to see it. I'm happy to see it
0: yeah I, I think that's one thing that you do 100% is that you articulate a lot of sentiment that I have that again like I said I'm not capable of I don't know if I'm saying it right sort of thing like you know and that's uh, it's it's an emotional thing with like with you guys with for, for me in particular is that that you guys made me feel like you, you know, I listen to your stuff and i am I bop and I I feel the the groove and the vibe of the song. It's you know, but what you're saying is actually quite like also get you know being quite um, I don't know. It, it stirs like some anger in me, if you will, or even in some cases a little bit. Because like even with like the party at number ten, like you you talking about something very serious, but it sounds quite you're quite flippant with it as well. Like obviously, this the, you know they think this of you. Mm-hmm. How can you not think you know? And here's this obvious you know sort of. Know, well, we
2: like we always kind of do a tongue-in-cheek thing because the last thing we want to do is sound preachy, and like, yeah, hundred percent. I, I don't think we do, and like, you know, we don't want to sound
3: preachy. We just kind of and you don't want to take things too seriously either. Like,
2: if, if you, you could, did, you'd
3: you'd blow your brains. If you can make a joke out of a shit situation like that and make it relatable better than just trying to shove it down people's throats. And and, like, and whenever yeah.
2: we are like, you know, New England is a song that is um kind of the first time that we are directly speaking to the listener rather than like being like oh it's the man's fault you know it's the guy at the top that's getting like New England's the song that's more about maybe look inwardly at yourself and see how you can do things differently and yeah. you know like write a song like that it's not you know it's that classic phrase of when you point a finger at someone you're pointing free back at yourself and it's very much like that with everything we write is Really about ourselves, probably more than anything. In fact, it's like that's how it normally goes. So, um, yeah, it's like it's definitely not ever a preachy thing. And the fact that it's relatable is wicked.
0: Yeah, I think, I think, I think most of the tracks that like really speak to me, like your new one, uh, is it five days on, two days off? Yeah, is just like as a <laughs> as a nine to fiver, like,
3: yeah, it, you know it, baby
0: you know i feel it like you know it's it's kind of it's kind of one of these obvious things sort of thing like you know you work for the weekend and you you sort of like i i've worked for companies like i used to work for carfon warehouse who i think are one of the most i'm so happy they went out of business because they're one of the most disgusting companies to work for um I can, so, you know sorry i can imagine i can
2: imagine mate like you know i think with with this second album the first album's like pretty like untamed anger and i would say the second one is more like directed funneled anger uh and it's like you know we we said like even if the sound changes sonically and stuff we wanted the message to be the same in fact we were even being like is it direct enough are we saying this like are we saying this enough are we Mm -hmm. getting our point across and when i've spoken to a few people who have heard it they've been like man i you've you've written an even more like in your face, uh, album, which is, uh, I think people are going to love that. So to hear, hear that is wicked. So, and I don't know if you've heard all of the second album yet, but it's no. it's definitely, it's if you like what if you like that about the first one, you're going to love the second one.
0: Cool. I mean, have you so during, um, I guess during lockdown, you guys just decided that you would be productive and just keep going. So, do, did you guys get to do a lot of the writing for this new album then, or has it been something you've done like?
3: So hard to remember what lockdown was what, like it's all a bit of <laughs> it went on for so long. Like, obviously, during the very first lockdown, is when we sculpted the debut album. Um, and we were fortunate enough to record and mix that entirely ourselves. Um, with Ben at the helm, engineering, I think we must have written the second yeah. album during the second. One, we I we
2: started writing New England IMBU, Tar Pit, which is songs off the new album. Uh, we started doing that. In one of the other lockdowns it's so hard to remember it my yeah. sort of uh, like album one was like you know you have your whole life to write that so a lot of those songs existed um and album one was like more of the sort of i guess like a collection of songs we had written over the years whereas album two much more sort of uh thought out process yeah, yeah because so, it's, it's so you have like album one which is 12 songs written over the course of your life and then you have album two which is like uh, 11 songs written over the course of a year if so, yeah it's it, finished for quite a long time to exactly. tell the truth it was it was uh i think like quite an easy one to write but yeah it definitely started um during the lockdown i think almost as soon as we we already had some of the songs for album two written before album one was out. Yeah. Right. Um, like started and everything. So I think, you know, it was the album was finished writing wise like mid last year. So I don't, I'm the worst. Autumn last <laughs> year. And then it was um, finished recording it by the end of last year and it was mixed and mastered by like Feb.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing! So, like, do you do you enjoy what what are you sort of enjoying at, at the moment now that because obviously everything's more or less open and everyone's more or less just doing their thing now, um, getting back on the road and all that sort of stuff. Is that something that you like really relished, or is it something that you were you even anxious about going back out and doing all that sort of stuff?
3: I think where we've always naturally been a live band and that's always been like our bread and butter, getting back on the road, like especially in Europe uh, with Nothing But Thieves was just like a godsend, like made us remember why we're doing it. And Mm. you get that um, reaction from everyone and it yeah, just kind of makes sense. But I think what we're enjoying now is that we're about to come up to the fact where we can finally play new material because where we've had album one such a long time some of them two three years and we've been gigging them gigging them gigging them now we're finally allowed to start slipping into new stuff as the album's about to drop so that's kind of like what's really yeah getting us going at the moment is like playing new tunes because we you know if you play a song i don't know 100 times at a gig you still love it but you want you want something fresh for yourself yeah. as well you know what i mean yeah we definitely yeah.
2: like that that part of covid ending for for that reason is like just being able to gig is amazing definitely didn't feel not anxious in a way of like, oh God, we we were like anxious to we're get going. like let's go. go. Yeah. But also like love being able to just go and watch other bands as well. Yeah. Like, that whole part of when that is such a big part of your life, gigging and watching bands and both of both of those things get taken away from you, you're kinda of like Surreal. what are we doing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we get back at it.
0: Yeah, I think going back to festivals and stuff like that was huge for me. Like that's the first thing. I've said this before on this show. Like I've my very first experience going back to a gig afterwards was horrible because it was in a basement and I just I'd forgotten what it was like to have people around me. uh Yeah, yeah. So I was just like oh, okay, you know, keep away. So, but then I went to um Slam Dunk and it was open air festival and that was a load. Of, that was a good. That was a good laugh. And then. Manchester Punk Festival. After that, and then the next slam dunk. After that, as well. So I've kind of back into it. I'm really enjoying being back at gigs and stuff. So for you guys, where that's your, you know, that's your living, that's your bread and butter. It, it must be so good, like, to have that. But do you not find it getting a bit difficult now with all the restrictions and everything that of like the you know, stupid shit like Brexit and that sort of like hindering gigs? Do you do you yeah. guys find that?
2: The worst thing that ever happened for a musician or an artist or any fucking normal human. Like it's the worst thing ever. Absolutely livid about it, and it's, you know, even even affects us in a way of like selling records. Like mm, people no. don't want to buy. They they're like like we've got such a big European fan base, and they they're amazing, and they're always the first people to put their hands in their pockets, even when they can't afford it, to help you guys out. Like they really, really, really care. And the amount of people that have messaged us being like, man, like I really want to get the album, but like these custom fees and these charges and stuff, like you're buying an album for like, I don't know, 25, 30 Euros and then and then you're getting 25, 30 Euros stuck on top when it arrives. So it, yeah. it couldn't have worse thing, like, you know, we just kinda of have
3: to roll with the punches and yeah. Not let it stop us, It, it, it it's so deep that like, even back when we was bringing out our first album, the vinyls got delayed in Europe and couldn't, yeah, like, we nearly didn't yeah. get them in time. It was like down to the minutes. Like, well, we got the the
2: ones that came for the deluxe one, didn't arrive, yeah. So it's just liters. like
3: a constant headache in all areas.
2: It was like behind to the the scenes the stuff, four months, it was a four month run up for, for vinyl, and now it's uh, we went up to a year at one yeah. point, so too. you've got.
3: Have your record ready a year before you, you want to order it. it. It's yeah, like <laughs> that's absolutely impossible.
0: The whole thing's like it, it's like gigs are more expensive for bands, like bands are coming over and then up in the pr- ticket prices. because so You've got to cover like the nonsense stuff that you've got to do now. On top of that, mate, hey, even the cost of fuel was almost impossible to gig. Like driving to Leeds
3: to do a gig is it's like double what it used to be. Do you know what I mean? That, that pushes up the cost of the rental of the bands. We've actually we had to. Cancel a gig
2: the other week, which we I think we cancelled two gigs yeah, in, in our whole- total. Yeah, we had to cancel a gig because we were booked for it pre-COVID. The price was agreed and it was fine, and then we we couldn't. The cost of what we needed to do almost tripled what we were um, getting paid. You know, like everyone has put their prices up. The van companies that you rent from, you know, that's that's almost doubled the fuel has doubled, the hotels are like taking the piss. Mm. Everyone has just gone through the roof, but, but, you know, you still kind of have to honor gigs that were booked two years ago and you can't really like change it from that point. So it's a, it's quite a difficult period at the moment touring. Like it's, it's mental. Like you could do a two week UK tour and it would cost what you could have done, like a sort of month long European tour. Like the, literally getting to that point where it's like almost unaffordable and, yeah,
3: um, it's and ridiculous um, unfortunately there's no like magic tree where the money for gigs like grows off either like if you ain't got it what are you going to do it's just it's, it's, it's difficult yeah it's really yeah. hard it's, it's a really really tricky point at the moment so we're, uh, we're we're lucky
2: enough that we're kind of coming out the other end of it where we you know we get booked for stuff and it's, it's not so much of a problem anymore but like for bands mm. who are starting yeah. for, like if you're a small band from wherever, and you've got to do a 250 mile trip, and they're paying you 50 quid, which is not unusual. Yeah, that's the, how it is. Or maybe they're not even paying you at all, and it's no longer a thing of like, all right, well, can we can we afford like 200 quid staying like a travel lodge and stuff? It's it's like, can I can we get a thousand pounds together? Like you know, rent a van, do this, pay pay if you have crew with you and stuff like that. It's it's I don't I don't understand how bands who are starting out are
0: physically going to do it because mm. because they've, they've, it's they've, they've, they've taken away like um like because cds and like, merch and all that kind of stuff is kind of where like the money's really made now i guess like mm-hmm. it can't it can't be off record sales uh, entirely or even like what, what it was so that's taken away now you're saying that like because like you guys obviously got the situation you were explaining with your vinyl that means that like so your merch is delayed the cost of everything is also increasing. Like it's just like you saying. Like, I I can't imagine the struggle for like the merch has gone up probably doubled in what it costs to make a vinyl now. If
2: you're able to get a vinyl, like each vinyl would be about two quid now. It's about four. Right. Um, everyone's just kind of passing it on, and it's it's one of those things. Like especially for a band like us, we don't want to like pass that on. Like we don't want to be charging people thirty quid a vinyl, twenty nice. quid a CD and stuff. But it just gets to the point where you, you have to. You, yeah. you totally everywhere you look, there's hands in our pockets of other people. You know, the government, everyone just like taking their little bit. And by the time you're done with it, you're like, you haven't really got much to show for it. But that's that's why you've got to love the band and love the
0: music. Yeah, man. Oh, fiver. So of your, it's obviously now you've got, um, you're, you're back in with everything. You go in, the new album's coming out. What has been, what so far is your favourite of your own songs? Which 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 one do you guys, for you individually, what which of your songs like speak to you the most?
3: We've got a tune on the new album, which all of us constantly rave about. And it's probably, I don't know if it's Jack's favourite as well, but we've got a song that's not out yet called Smash the Gaff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no holds barred, ridiculous ridiculous heavy crazy tune that we get to play and it's just like yeah it's just it's like the dream song basically it's hard to explain it but yeah. that that really gets us excited at the it's moment. Uh,
2: that's my favorite one to play, play live, live. Yeah. it's the one that when we were on tour with nothing but thieves and black honey it was every single night in the dressing room like you just walk in and nothing but thieves would just press play and everyone would just be like ah! smashing <laughs> chairs <laughs> food getting across or something so that's that's the Why? one that's gonna have the big reaction just for like fun. It's just good fun. It's nice to lighten it up sometimes. Um, but like, favorite song on it. Like, I think message wise, New England's my favorite. Mm. But uh, song wise, like songwriting wise, uh, there's a song on there um, called Never Really Had You, which is like probably my. Oh, I love that. Tune. My proudest like songwriting moment. Like, I think that's a great song. New England for the message and smash the gap for the for the just
3: absolute chaos. That's the trio, but nice. they're all <laughs> <And> they're all <laughs> yeah. IMBU's we're game. very proud of it, as you can tell. Like yeah. Yeah. we try not to gas ourselves up too much in front of people, but we tend to do it quite a lot. <laughs> I think you think you... <laughs> see us in the van. I yeah,
2: yeah. It's like Liam
3: Gallagher says, <laughs> who else is?
0: Yeah, well, I was going to ask you about him because, like, didn't you? Guys, I saw you guys cheekily sort of because he said that you guys were mint on um, like the radio or something, and you guys cheekily were kind of like, so of a gig then, and he, yeah, he did, and didn't I, he?
2: Um, what well, the way it happened was he, we we did uh, an acoustic version. Well, we did like a live version of Pie at Number Ten because we wanted to get it out because it was all ha- so relevant. Yeah. We thought, you know, twenty four hour news cycle, it's all going to be forgotten, and it wasn't. But we didn't know that at the time. Um, so we posted that on Twitter, and he commented on it saying, "Great tune, our kid." I thought it was like I l- lost
3: my mind. I rang him. <laughs> and obviously, gave Jack a ring, and was yeah, like buzzing about it. And then um, what happened next? He went on and did an interview. No,
2: well, he he literally um, he he said that on Twitter, and and we were all like freaking out about it, and we were like, right, manifest it, and then the next day our manager rings us and he's like, oh, I just got off the phone with uh, Liam Gallagher's manager. And we were like, no. And he A, wants you to come support him at the Royal Albert yeah, Hall. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like two birds with one stone supporting one of the most iconic British acts of all time in the most iconic British venue of all time. It was, yeah, it was sure. insane. And then he went around like, you know, on radio and stuff, just bigging us up and saying that like, we were his favorite band. It's, it's, it's surreal. It's like yeah. mentally. Surreal, man, and like, we, I got, I, I, I luckily met him at the Royal Albert Hall, but only because I made it happen. Because it was like his security stuff. It's like you know, we're, we're not level, we're not used to dealing with that sort of level. That's like you,
3: you can't really get much more famous than that. Yeah, you know he's I mean? he's
2: just mega mega famous, and it was like he was walking around, and uh, well, he, we didn't get to see him, but every time um, he would like come off stage or something, his security would like basically sure. shut the place, lock yeah. you in your room, be like, right, get inside. But I had a couple wow. of. And I was um and I was like, fuck this, I'm meeting him. So I just went out there and was like, Liam as he was walking past. And it was like, you know, you can tell when someone doesn't want to talk to you or if they do want to talk to you. And his face was just like smiled straight away and was like, just like made a beeline for me. Yeah. And we just And I I was just thinking in my head, don't talk too long. Uh just like shut up basically as soon as you can. So I was like, hey, get on with your evening, sort of thing, but yeah, he he was just such a. It was, a it was insane, man. Like, I wasn't even that drunk, and I just cannot remember it because it was just, it was just like my brain was just going, What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was it. Nice way to kick the year off.
0: Yeah, it was great. Yeah, Because I like said that sort of relates to what you were saying before. If you're not going to believe in yourself, no one else will. And you believed enough in yourself to go, Let's, you know, let's make this happen. That's awesome. And I bet you any money, like, that security thing's not his idea.
2: Oh, oh man! I bet that, you ain't that, that was apparent. Like, do you know what I mean? He's a legend, and Like, um, you know, it was because as soon as, as soon as he saw me, he, he came straight over, and I
3: was. You, you got to think about how many people are floating around backstage. It's not just the bands. You've got catering there. You've got in-house staff. You've mm-hmm. got security. You've got hundreds of cameras. People. Like, if you just let someone like that loose through the hallway, he ain't gonna get. You the hallway, <laughs> do you know what I mean?
0: So yeah.
3: it makes sense as to why he's got around do, the entourage. But well. <laughs> happy and hopefully um do another gig at some point yeah
2: he said he said we shall do more so we'll see about that fingers crossed fantastic
0: has that been the most surreal thing for you guys then since this happened or have there been other things that have kind of blown your head pretty much top
2: top. yeah top. that was that was up there for me like i think that's i mean me and oasis me and, <laughs> me and eddie are big oasis yeah, i'm a big Liam fan so like you know, one down, now we just got to get null. But I yeah. feel like you can't. Once you do one, you can't... Yeah, that's you, it. You the can't cross the bridge. Off yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was real. Like, you know, I mean, other things like when we played in Poland for the first time that with Nothing incredible. But Thieves, like, that was surreal. Like, Dude. thousands and thousands Zigadome of Ziggardome in Amsterdam. Yeah, like, Biggest gig we've ever done. Yeah, so it was, there was a few things with Nothing But Thieves that were pretty surreal, and travelling Europe and doing that was surreal, and, and Liam was pretty unreal.
0: Sweet man, That's a, it sounds like it's going from strength to strength. I, I genuinely hope this continues. Uh, how long do you guys need to get off? We're not we far off. We've got about two-hour uh, trip coming up. So yeah, we've got a bit yeah, of a drive hit the
2: road to... because we've got to get back at the same time as the other guys and they've left. No worries.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do a wrap up then. So for that, so um, my one question I'll ask you then, and then we'll let you get off. Um, oh. I'm a I'm a concert promoter. I have unlimited funds. It does so Brexit and all that nonsense doesn't matter. Um, but I'm letting you guys. You're playing on the bill, but I'm gonna let you guys pick four bands dead or alive that you would love to have been with, like you would love to play with. Who are they and why? Pick straight. you should
2: pick a, mod, a couple of modern ones that are around right now, and then a couple of dead ones. I mean, go
3: ahead. Both of us, Arctic Monkeys, are going to be on there yeah. without a doubt. Queens of Stone Age. Yeah, that's the top two. Oh, no. Current, yeah, let's. Swing. Nothing but
2: thieves because they are genuinely. The they ones are talented, so sick, mate. by yeah. off like, So they, they can headline. Okay. Um, and then, oh,
3: and then Nova Twins. Nova Twins.
0: There we go. That's the top four. Now they're are a band that I stumbled upon at Slam Dunk last year, and I thought they were phenomenal.
3: They're insane, man.
0: Genuine. Like so much good British music coming out at the moment. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, when can, pe- can people people can pre-order your album now? When does it come out? Yeah. It comes out on the 23rd of September.
2: It's called Here's What You Could Have Won. And you can buy it now directly from our website, which is www.kidcapecci.com. You can get it from HMV, all of those good stuff. The, the perks are finally being signed. Four ninety nine on iTunes, Four ninety nine
3: on Amazon if you want to save us. Yeah, a if, you to, if you
2: want to help us out, download it on Amazon or iTunes. Uh, give your money to the, the corporate machine and help us out.
3: Yeah,
0: hopefully. I- you at a gig soon, man. Come come uh, out, have a drink. I'm, tr- I'm planning on coming to the... Is the Henna gig? The Henna? Oh, the oh, Hannah, yeah, I'm yeah, there, yeah. I'm planning exactly. a, the Ritz. I'm planning on coming to that, so... Oh,
2: that be wicked. We wanted to play the Ritz in Manchester.
0: It's genuinely the best venue. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm biased, but it's the best venue. Uh, uh, we, we love Manchester a lot. Amazing, guys. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks uh, for having us, man. Hey, no worries. Thank you. And I'll catch you guys soon.
1: Sharing, me,
0: mate. so there you go that was jack and eddie from kid Capucci. a massive thank you to jack and eddie for coming on to the podcast and as always for you to listening to the show please give us five stars on apple podcast please give us any kind of ratings that are good <laughs> on all of our streaming platforms that's spotify that's apple podcast that's stitcher if you listen to us on that and soundcloud please let people know that we're here share the podcast with your mates um subscribe to the podcast as well you can do that on all those uh different stream platforms that i mentioned and of course follow us on social media if you can at pod punk podcast on facebook and instagram and at pod underscore punk on twitter thank you so much yet again for listening to this podcast and giving it some support and uh yeah we'll catch you next time bye